if you want to just raise raise your hand to the lord and just give him a wave offering hallelujah if you don't want to you don't have to amen god is a good god and he is a wonder he is a wonder we worship you lord we give you the glory we give you the honor hallelujah before we get into the word today I want to, how many visitors do we have today? Just raise your hand if you're a visitor today. Raise your hand high if you're a visitor. We got one, two. Elder Keith, can you come, come help me real quickly? Just raise your hand really high. I got something, I got a gift for you. Amen. Amen. Raise your hand high so he can see you. Amen. And, um, yes. And here, give these to him too. Give me some more. Give me one, one of those. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And see if he needs some more. Amen. How many know that we had Dean Braxton here last week? Amen. I mean, phenomenal. It was a ph phenomenal word, and uh, uh, you can go out on um, YouTube and various other places and find out what happened to him he actually died an hour and 45 minutes and he went to heaven and some of his experiences is in this book called deep worship in heaven and if we understood worship the way that he experienced it we'd be worshiping all the time we'd be worshiping the king of glory and uh we would give our king glory and honor today and um and worship because Christ did a great thing for us I don't know about you we have fellowship with the Father now somebody ought to be glad about that Hallelujah. we didn't have that before when we were in sin but now Christ have got us out of sin and now we have a deep relationship with our Father somebody ought to say hallelujah to that hallelujah your sins are forgiven amen those that accept Christ your sins are forgiven do you really know what that means that means that penalty of death and i'm not talking about just physical death but i'm talking uh, 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 about physical death i'm talking about spiritual death hallelujah if you can even try to comprehend which i know none of us can because our minds cannot comprehend it that living away from the creator forever in a state of torment I know we don't like to talk about hell, but hell is reality. You can't talk about heaven and, and, and not talk about hell. Amen? We have to talk about both because the reality of it is if you reject Christ, there's no other place for you to go. But if you accept Christ, then you're free. You're free to live forever in relationship with the one that has created you. You ought to be glad about that. Hallelujah. How many are glad about that today? Hallelujah. I don't know how many of you are glad about that. I'm glad about that. And the one thing that, that he said last week is that there is no sting in death for those in Christ. You know that? That means before anything hits you, you're already in the presence of the Lord. Giving him praise and honor and glory. I met another lady, and I've mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, an, another lady that actually died, was in a terrible car accident, and she died. She was a pastor's wife, and she actually died um, for a few minutes, and she, and she found herself, right when she closed her eyes, 
she was in the presence of God. And God told her, and, 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 and he told her, he says, you got to go back. And this is what he was talking about last week. If you were not here, he was talking about the fact how powerful your prayers are. He said he was on his way into the presence of God and he saw fireballs passing him and he recognized that those were prayer of the saints and they were beating him there. Hallelujah. Because your prayers are answered. How many know your prayers are answered? You got to believe that your prayers are answered. How many know that the first time you pray, your prayers are sent and God can answer your prayer? How many know that Daniel said that the, the, when the angel came to him and he says that the very first day that you pray, God heard you. And it was a phenomenal things that he said. And he says that your prayers, it just didn't go into the ear of God. It went into him. Hallelujah. You ought to give God praise for that. Hallelujah. I believe that many of us have not experienced the reality of God or have encountered God enough to really, really understand the things that we have that he has for us. The Bible says my people perish from lack of what? Knowledge. And if you were to open your eyes up, and I know he didn't tell you all this, but um, when he came back, he can see he can see in the spiritual and the physical realm at the same time while he's looking at you. <laughs> and so you need to understand that he's seeing what's going on all the time. But he'll be back next year. He likes us. Amen. Amen. So we thank God for him. Amen. And so today we're going to talk about the resurrection of Christ, but I want to just give a, a kind of a subject to this, um, a place called darkness. It's a very, very terrible place to be in darkness, but the light has come and the light has risen. Amen. And he is here. Somebody said hallelujah. So let's turn your Bibles to St. John chapter number one. How many know God is a good God? And don't plan to be long before you. Is anybody experiencing any pain right now? Just raise your hand. You don't have to come up. I'm not going to call you up. I got one. How many? Anybody else? Anybody else has any pain going on? Okay. All right. That's good. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. We're going to, um, as we begin to, to talk about the word of the Lord, we're going to declare that anybody that has any pain is going to go away. Not because of us, but because of the word of the Lord. The Lord has spoken. And because he has spoken, he's going to perform his word. How many know that God performs his word? He performs his word. He's always performing his word because he watches over it to make sure that is what? It is performed. Amen. All right. St. John chapter number one. The Bible says in the beginning was the what? The word. And the word was what? With God. And the word was God. Amen. So you can't take away the word from God. And you can't take away God from the word. They are what? One. All right. The same was in the beginning. So if we go back to Genesis chapter number one, you'll you'll see you'll see the prophetic word of the Lord being applied in how the spirit operates and how the spirit 
is revealed. If you go back to Genesis chapter one, we may go back there, but you need to understand that, that, that God is trying to show us something and give us a revelation of who he is and what he can do and what he has done for us. All right. It says all things was made by him and without him was not what anything made. Made that was made in him was what? life and the life was the light of what men the light shineth in the midst of what darkness so light shined in the midst of darkness and what does it say and the darkness comprehended it not you know a lot of times when you're you're you you if you have not been exposed to certain kinds of light when that light comes you don't really know what it is. You just know that something is bright and has opened up your sight. And many of you look in this room right now, it may seem like it's light, but when you really know what is really going on, you need a bright, if you really want to know what's really going on, you need a brighter light. You need something that's going to give you a brighter light so you can see where you're really at. It may look beautiful, but how many know that you, if you've been in someone's house, amen, and the lights are dim, and then you go over there another time, and the lights, and then the brightness shines your light, and you say, I didn't know that was sitting over there. I didn't know this was here, that was here, or this was here, because light reveals. Somebody say, light reveals. And so if light reveals, it means that darkness conceals. Darkness conceals things. It doesn't want you to know what is actually there. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Darkness doesn't want you to know what's really going on behind the scene. That's why the Bible says that men love darkness rather than what? Light. Because when you're in darkness, you can conceal a thing. You can conceal a matter. You can hide it in darkness. But in light, you cannot hide anything. It is always revealed. And it's just so happened that God did not hide himself from us. He revealed himself in light. The Bible says God is light. And because he reveals himself to us in light, that means that he has made available everything and every promise is available to those that are in the light. Amen. 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 I want you to watch something and I want you to hear some of the words very carefully. Because these words that you hear, you can actually relate to it. It's very short, but watch it. And watch carefully. I don't know if you're going to be able to see everything. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it. Molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then it was nothing to me but bright. <laughs> the shadows betray you because they belong to me. Can we say amen? That's a scary thing. Amen? But notice what he said. 
that he lived in darkness and he was molded in darkness. He was in darkness and he was molded in darkness and shaped in darkness and every single one of us was born in darkness. We were shaped in darkness. We were used to darkness. Anybody saying too much? What he said is actually a true statement because all of us was born in what? Sin and iniquity, which is actually darkness. And because most of us didn't see the light until later on, we didn't realize that we were actually walking in darkness because we never seen the light. Uh, you, you, you probably didn't see some of the clips because our, our lights are a little dark here. But uh, inside of the clip is every kind of thing that goes on in dark places. They're shadows. You know who owns shadows? The enemy. He tries to block the light. He tries to block those things so that you can't really see what it really is. Think about this. There's a, there, there was a prophetic shadow, and his name was Christ. And from the Old Testament until he came on the scene, you couldn't see it clearly. Because something was blocking it. There was no revelation. There was no understanding. All you had was prophets spilling out words about someone is coming. Someone is coming. Someone is coming. Someone is coming. And when you look at the very um, book of Genesis, you'll find in there got one of the prophetic utterances of God that was in Genesis chapter number five through the through the through the descendants of Adam. And what it really says is, and I, I'm not quoting it correctly, but if you look up every single name of the descendants of Adam, you'll find out that it spells that man's suffering and man's demise someone will come and suffer to bring them light to bring them back to teach them the ways of God you just look it up you can go out there it's, it's plainly out there there's nothing that is made up is in the scripture if you take a good concordance and look at every name that is the descendants of Adam you'll find out that it actually spells a prophetic utterance about one that is going to come that's going to take you out of the darkness that's going to show you the way that's going to show you that you don't have to live where you're living now and you don't have to live in darkness right now you don't have to be a partaker of darkness and many of us in our lives today and i'm going to say it like this that some of us even if we're say we're still living in a dark place because we have no revelation we're still living in lullaby we're still living in a place that you don't belong in. You don't belong in poverty. You don't belong in sickness. You don't belong in pain and misery. You don't belong in any of those places. You have a better place. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that we sit in heavenly places, what? With Christ. And the guess, one of the words that you, we have to emphasize is that we sit. And if we sit, that means that we're at rest in the heavenly places in him. Somebody ought to say amen to that. That's a good place to be because that means that you have no worry. You are not anxious for anything. That means that you trust the God that you serve because of, of the fact that you now understand. And when you understand, you have revelation. 
If you don't get revelation, you don't have understanding and you stay in darkness. Every person that is under the sound of my voice, there is a better place than where you are right now. And God has sent you a chariot to take you to the palace. And it's called the Holy Ghost. You don't have to stay in that place that you're in right now. You might be there for just a little bit because usually in places is where you get shaped and molded at. It's in places that sometimes when you don't can't see your way and you bump your head against the wall, you say, I'm not going to do that again. It is in those places that sometimes you got to actually understand that God is shaping and molding you, but you can't stay in the dark place. Everybody understand what I'm saying? And so the enemy blinds us in three areas. Turn to Isaiah 53. And you guys can put it up on the screen. Man. Isaiah 53. How many love good news? Amen. As Dean said, is that good news? <laughs> Let me go to 52. Because in darkness, you can't really see the real thing. You can't really see how it really looks. You can't really take advantage like you can in light. And you have to ask your question, am I in a dark place in my life right now? And that doesn't mean that one area you might have light, but there's another area that you are in darkness in. That I'm in darkness in that we need the light to show us so that we can take full benefits that Christ gave us. He didn't die for anything, nothing. He died that you could have a right to what? The tree of life and share the inheritance that he has for you. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with him. If you share the ministry, you share the mantle. If you share the mantle, you'll share the throne. Did you get what I said? If you suffer with him, you will what? Reign with him. How many want to reign with him? Ain't that what he said in the word? The Bible says in the word that if you suffer with him, you will do what? Reign with him. And so sometimes you got to go into the dark places. And the reason why many of us got to go into the dark places is somebody's in there that you need to bring out. Somebody's in that prison that you were in and you got out and you got to go back in to get them out. Most people's passions and most people's downfalls is the ministry that God's going to lift them up in so they have to go back and get somebody else. This is one of the reasons why when we identify with ministry, we identify with what do you struggle with? Because whatever you struggle with is what it is that God called you in. Y'all didn't hear that. I'm going to say that again. If you struggle with something while you're out there and when you're in the darkness, you know, if you really have a passion to get out, guess what? You're going to get out. If you're in a place, like the Bible talks about, you, they're groping at the walls. There are some people are groping at the walls because they're trying to get out of the dark place. You can't get out of the dark place unless you try. Don't sit still in the dark place and die in darkness. Because the enemy is trying to get you to not see 
where you're at. Beguile you. Have people say, they don't love you. Everybody's rejecting you. Nobody wants to walk with you. Nobody loves you. No one's going to marry you. Your father don't love you. Your mother don't love you. People don't love you. They don't like you. The enemy is a liar because the reason why he's saying that is to keep you still. To keep you still. And I remember what, what was said a couple of weeks ago in one of the, the, the inspirational videos. is that You got to fight to get out. You cannot stay still. If you're a soldier and you understand the mission, that means you got to get out. How many want to get out of your situation? See, your situation, you can't be lazy trying to get out of your situation. You've got to understand that Christ is in you, the hope of glory, and you've got everything you need to get out. That your eyes can be open. Notice I said before, my people perish from lack of what? And if you have knowledge, knowledge is power. Power gets you out. The force and the understanding of it tells you how to get out of your situation. You don't have to be in pain. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to live in the situation that you're living in. You can get out. How many are saved today? If you're saved today, guess what? Everybody in here has the same benefits. I have the same benefits you have, and you have the same benefits that I have. There is nobody over anybody. Amen. We all have the same benefits. So what God does for me, he can surely do for you. And what he does for you, he can surely do for me. If I grab hold to the revelation on how to get it. And this is not about material things because I'm fully persuaded that material things you don't have to ask for. I believe the Bible says this, that seek first the kingdom of God in his what? Righteousness and these things shall be what? Added to you. You don't even have to pray for them. They'll just come running after you. Amen. Even the book of Genesis, uh, 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 in the book of Genesis, it talks about, uh, um, in Deuteronomy, it talks about the blessings will overtake you. That means that they'll follow you. Not only will they follow you, they'll run before you. And before you get there, the blessing's already there. Now, I believe that. I don't know about you. But see, here's, here's, here's where darkness comes in. Darkness will keep you from the revelation of that truth. Keep, darkness will keep you from the revelation that you can live better than what you're living now. Darkness will keep you from the fact that, God, that Christ died for you. And that he, he, he's going to resurrect you and he will literally be everything that you need him to be. And many of us are crying when we should be rejoicing. Means are down when we should be high. And I'm not saying because of life situations that sometimes we're down, sometimes I'm down. But guess what? You should never stay down. You should always get back up. And I found out that when you're down, the best place to be is in praise. The Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of what? Heaviness. When you are heavy, you ought to just praise him. It might be hard to get the word out of your mouth, but you got to get it out of there. I praise you for what you've done. I give you glory for what you have done. I thank you that I'm in this situation because you're going to show yourself strong and mighty in my life. You got to praise your way out. Somebody said, why are we talking about that? We're talking about that because that's all part of the resurrection. If he had not died, you could not rejoice. 
If he had not went into the grave, he wouldn't have got up and you wouldn't have your ability to sit with him in heavenly places. You would not have the ability to reign with him. You wouldn't have the benefits. You wouldn't have the benefits of understanding the word and the word lives in you and works in you and it comes alive in your life. You wouldn't have the ability to do any of those things. You wouldn't even have the ability to pray to the father. But because of what Christ did, the Bible says that we can come boldly to the throne. You, can't, you don't have to come waffly. You don't have to come mousy. You don't have to come to any. All you have to do is come boldly. Isn't that what the word says? How many know that's what the word says? Are you excited about that? I'll do like Dean said. Isn't that good news? <laughs> Isn't that good news? That we can actually come boldly to the throne of God to petition him regarding the promises that he made to us. Dark places can't show you that. Dark places will explain to you, you have to stay here to be safe. You know what happens when people stay in one place? They stay right there. That's why when people, when, when, the, the, when the Israelites came out of Israel, they camped at the bottom of the mountain. They stayed right there. And because of their disobedience and their murmuring and complaining, they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. And from that point, it was only a three days journey. But because of the fact they were blinded to the reality that God was leading them to a promised land. And because of their selfishness and their complaining and their murmuring and all the things that they were doing and talking against God and talking against what he was doing. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. How many know that God is doing it all for you? Notice the Bible says all things work are working for the one. The good to them that what? Love the Lord and called according to his what? His purpose. You might be in a dark place now. But in that dark place, guess what? You're going to be a light. You probably didn't notice that there was a light in the screen. You didn't notice that there in, the, in all those dark places, there was a light. There was a chandelier. There was a light in the midst there. Which means that you are the light in the dark place. Are you listening? And so what you got to do is you got to understand what lights you. What gives you the ability to light up? What gives you the ability to be illuminated? What gives you the ability to get the great revelation that somebody can see the light and start following you out and they get free because they're following the light that they see? You got to become the light. Christ already been, been the light. He was already here, but he moved on to a different ministry. So I said, what ministry do you go to? He's interceding. He's interceding for God. I'm interceding for man. On our, on, he's interceding on our behalf. Now, uh, in, in, one of, in one of the books that I read, and this is, uh, and I'm saying this, this is not part of the Bible, and I'm just saying this, but I, I, re I do believe it because I believe that God works in different dimensions and different things. But um, Kevin um, um, Bosconi, he was here, and he gave me a book about um, the angelic realm. And what he says that he went to heaven one, and he went into heaven and he was in a room and there was a big bed. And 
he saw somebody praying on the bed. And when he looked up, he looked at him, he said it was Jesus. And Jesus reached out and touched him. When Jesus touched him, he said he saw the whole world. He saw all the, the disease. He saw the sickness. He saw the disadvantage. He saw the poor. He said he saw every single thing wrong. And he said, the heart, when, he, when it touched his heart, he said he felt what Jesus felt. And Jesus was either interceding for mankind in every single area. He was interceding and interceding and interceding and interceding and interceding, interceding for the lost, interceding for those in pain, interceding for those that the aborted babies. He interceded for every single person, the children, Amen. the parents, the prostitute, those that didn't know the mentally retarded. For those that couldn't help themselves, he interceded. And guess what? He interceded for you. And he interceded for me. We just didn't get here. Notice what the Bible says. With love and kindness have I what? Have I drawn them? He drew you in because of his love. You didn't get here by yourself. You didn't get here because you chose it. You got here because he pulled you in with his love. Are you listening to what I'm saying? This is so very important because this is the reason why he died. He didn't die just because they give you eternal life. He get, died so that you can have eternal life, but you can bring someone else with you. Not only have somebody else with you, but you can get them free. You can get them delivered. You can get them saved. You can get them um, uh, uh, um, fully delivered in every area. Amen. All right, Isaiah 52. Now, in order for him to do that, there's something that he had to do. Because every one of us, until you become light, you're in darkness. Always was in darkness at some point. And, I'm not pro I'm, I, I, and, and I am not too proud to say that I was in darkness too. Every single person that was born into this world was born in darkness. Every person, none of every one of us is guilty or was guilty because once you get in Christ, you're forgiven. But we all was guilty at one point. OK. And so Christ had to do something. And, and um, Pastor Henry Nelson preached on Good Friday and what he said that he had to that God had to borrow a body, borrow time, borrow parents. Amen. Borrow a tomb. Amen. He had to borrow all those things in order for him to purchase us. If he hadn't borrowed those things, we would never, ever be able to live in those things that God told us to live in. And so it becomes important. One of the things that he had to do, that Christ had to do, was become us. Notice what it says in Isaiah 52. And I'm almost finished. Verse number 13. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and enthralled and be very high. As many was astonished at thee. Which actually means they looked upon him in amazement. 
Why? His ventures was marred more than any man in his form more than the sons of man. When you look at the interpretation of that, that means that they were astonished at him. They looked at him because of the fact that he did not even look human. They beat him so bad that when they looked at him, they wouldn't even recognize that he was a human being. I'm going to say that again. See, uh, the Passion of Christ does a, a, a pretty sorry job of denoting the cross. I mean, it's, it's good as far as we were, but I'm going to tell you something. I believe that when it says that he was beaten so bad that you wouldn't even notice that he was a man, I believe that he was beaten so bad you wouldn't even recognize as a human being. I believe that he was beaten so bad that he was disfigured. And every area of his body. Well, somebody said, well, why do you think that? Glad you asked. Because sin cannot be looked upon. And Isaiah says they hid their faces from him. Why did they hide their face? Why did they hide their faces from him? Because when they looked upon him, they really was looking in the mirror because that's how we really look when we're in sin. Are you listening to what I'm saying? See, a lot of people think, we're, you know, we're beautiful, we're great, we're, we're, we look all good. But if you was to take off the vision of the earthly and put on the vision of the supernatural, you'll see something quite different. And so he had to, notice what the Bible said, he had to become sin. Does the Bible say that? You ought to be rejoicing that he became sin for us. Because if it wasn't for the fact that he became sin for us, then he wouldn't be able to experience and take on sin. Now go to Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord? What? Revealed. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, a root out of dry ground, and he has no form, no comeliness. And when we should see him, there's no beauty that we should what? They're not, they're not running after him like we see on the stars and all that kind of stuff like that. You know, some of us, we see movie stars and stuff like that. Oh, look, look good. Look at that and look good. We follow them on Instagram. We follow them on Facebook. We follow them on Twitter. We're following them. They look so good. But there was nothing about him that was attractive. Except for when he opened his mouth. <laughs> Y'all don't get that. Y'all don't get that. When he opened his mouth, something was attractive about his word. Why? Because he was the word. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that. When he opened his mouth, never have a man spoke like this. Never have a man uh, um, had the words of power like this. No one had the power to speak the words that came out of his mouth like, out of his mouth like he did. And because he's in you, you're supposed to have the same kind of mouth. The same kind of speech that's supposed to come out. Notice what it says. He was despised, rejected men, men of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And we hid as it was our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. I can't get it because in that place of ugliness, 
you really can't see yourself because your eyes are blind. Notice what I'm talking about, a place called darkness. See, the enemy wants you to think that this is your life's journey. Failure, problems, situations, all of that. That's what the enemy wants you to feel. That you're not going to get better. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to be able to do what God told you to do. People are going to laugh at you. People are going to ostracize you. You can't do this because this is too much. I know some people feel like that because I felt like that. But what I find is that I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. So I can do it all because of what? Because of him, right? So guess what? You could do it all because of him. Somebody say, I can do it all because of him. Say, because he's dwelling inside of me because of what he did over 2,000 years ago. What did he do? Surely he bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. You don't have to bear your griefs. You don't have to carry your sorrows. Yet did he him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. The reason why you don't have to carry them is because he took and been stricken and smitten of God and afflicted so that he would carry your burdens. You need to let your burdens go. There's a lot of people that is in here right now. You're carrying too much of a load in your life and you need to let it go and say, God, this is where I'm at. I can't do it. I'm giving it to you and I'm taking my hands off of it. And don't go back and try to get it. Let it him handle it. Because if you let him handle it, it's going to come out right. But if you try to handle it, it's going to be back into the same situation, back in the dark place. Back and low the bar. You know, low the bar means that it, 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 one of the meanings was that it's no pasture, which means that nothing grows. Right? And here's another place, another meaning of the word. It actually says no word. Y'all didn't, didn't get that. Y'all are not getting it. A place called low the bar means a place. No word and no growth. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting it. Are you in Lullabar? Are you in Lullabar? If you're not in Lullabar, then you should be in him. Because Lullabar is a place where no word comes and a place where nobody grows. Because nothing grows in Lullabar and no word comes in Lullabar. It is those, those that are there are disabled. Somebody says, I can't help myself. I, I'm, I'm there, but guess what? There's a chariot coming for you. The king recognized that you should be at the table. Ain't nobody saying nothing. The king recognized that you should be at the table. Somebody is missing from the table of the Lord. Why? Because somebody's been crying out. Somebody's been praying. Somebody's been declaring that somebody else should be at the table. And that's what you should be doing. You should be crying out that my friends should be at the table. My family should be at the table. My wife should be at the table. My husband should be at the table. Somebody should be at the table. And so the king is going to say, guess what? 
What kindness can I show? Didn't I tell you with loving kindness he'll draw you? All you need to do is hear a word. All you need to do is hear somebody praying for somebody. And he'll share a chariot to the place that has no word. A chariot to a place that there's no growth. Because he said, you don't belong here. How do you think you got here? Somebody actually prayed for you. You just didn't get here by yourself. You didn't get here just because you got here because before the foundation of the world, your name was written in the heavenly role and you were supposed to be at the table. In the presence of my enemies, he prepares a table. You don't have to sit in darkness. You don't have to sit in lullaby. And here's the thing about Mel Shevina. He was the one, they said that they tried to get him out when he was a little boy. But what happened was the nurse in her haste dropped him and crippled him. And he grew up crippled. Grew up unable to do what he was supposed to do. Wasn't able to make a living for himself because he was crippled. Became a beggar became a person that that couldn't do what he was supposed to do because I guess he had a bunch of dreams that he when he found out that his legs was broken the dreams vanished I don't know if he had a loved one but maybe he wanted to get married and found out that nobody would marry me because of the situation you ever felt like that that you need to be you're supposed to be somewhere else but this thing this dark place that you're in this low the bar that you're in you can't hear a word you can't hear nobody's praying for you you don't think nobody's praying for you you think that everything is going down the drain and you actually think you're gonna die like that i'm glad i serve the god that healeth thee I'm, sure glad, I'm glad that I serve a God that actually is reminded. This is one of the reasons why the Bible says, remind him of his word. Remind him of what he said. Remind him of what he said about your loved ones. Remind him of what he said about your dreams. Remind him about what he said about it. See, you got to get the revelation inside of your inside of your mind that guess what? I don't have to stay here. I don't have to stay in a place called Lullaby. I don't have to stay in a place where no word is coming. You need a word. Somebody say, I need a word. Not only do I need a word, but I need somebody to intercede for me. I need somebody to, to, to take me before the king. And knows what his king said. David was walking back. Who can I show kindness to? I'm talking about the love of God. I don't know about you. See, what people come there, and, and George Washington Carver said, it says that if you love someone enough, they'll reveal their secrets to you. Hallelujah. And God loved us enough that we revealed our secret. What was our secret? I'm in a dark place. I'm full of sin. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to get out of it, Lord. I, I'm in need. How many in need today? I'll be the first one away. I don't care how saved you get. I always need God. I need God right now. I need God to touch me. I need God to move upon me. I need God to use me. I need fellowship with him. I don't know about you, but I need God. That's why I'm an advocate praiser. That's why I praise him because of what he done for me. I don't know about you. Everybody got their own story. But I got my story. Notice what it says. And all of us is in this place. Even if you're in Lullabar, there's some things that you need to get off. You need to get off you. You got some things that, that you need to get off of you. 
so you can lighten the load so that you can see ain't nobody saying nothing sure I can go and talk about oh he came on the cross and and he died and he went down the grave and I can do all that kind of stuff but I want you to understand that you're in a better place it's not just about the cross it, the cross is the benefit but you got to cross over the cross so you can live Jesus died right how many know that he died but he got back up after he died if he got back up after he died that means he has victory over death that means you don't have to live in that state of death you live because he lives you can live because he lives <laughs> you don't see it I wish people would get excited like I get excited about it you know we wish that but everybody's got their own personality I understand all that but sometimes you wish somebody could join in the party because of what he's done he's what he's done what he's done for you is so great and so awesome that many times people can't see it and they say why are you so excited because he lives in me he dwells in me he 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 he, he, he tabernacled in me and not only did he tabernacle in me he gave me the same authority that he has in the earth hallelujah that's good news hallelujah that's good news he is the god that heals thee let me get to this real quick because i gotta notice he says in isaiah chapter 53 because some of us got to take off some of this stuff And I preach this oftentimes, especially when I go to other places, because a lot of people don't understand the, the, real, the real price that Christ paid. He paid a price for you. And you ought to be rejoicing about it. You ought to be rejoicing about it. You know, in heaven, you're going to be singing all the time. You're going to be praising all the time. I heard one story about somebody went to heaven and, they, and, and, and somebody said Jesus and all of heaven started singing Jesus. I'm talking about all of heaven starts singing Jesus. Because he's the lamb. Listen. He was despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. We hid as it was our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he bore our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. Notice what it says. He was wounded for our transgression. Now, listen, I know we talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection, but we never talk about the beating. The beating paid the price for your healing. Both in mind, spirit, and soul. Notice what it says. He was wounded for our what? Transgressions. The word transgressions here means to consistently cross over. It means I have the can't help it. You think you're gonna you think this day you're 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 doing the same thing over and over and over again. You said I'm gonna quit, but you can't quit. You keep doing it over and over. you keep crossing the line. I'm gonna stop that, but you can't. Because you can't, can't help it. Ain't nobody saying nothing. Do you want to stop the transgressions? The transgressions is against God. Do you want to you stop them? 
How many want to stop them? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. How many want to stop them? Just everybody say, hey, man. How do I stop them? The first thing you got to realize is that he was wounded for it. He was wounded for your transgressions. That means the price for that transgressions that many of us are being are sick as a result of. Now, not all of it, but sometimes the transgressions have made us sick. Yes. Let me go. I'm, I'm going I'm to go tipping a little deeper on you. Because I've seen it. I've seen the power of God move in this in such a mighty way. Sometimes we have unresolved unforgiveness. The same person keep coming back up, but you won't forgive them because there's still something there. But he was wounded for your transgressions. The same person over and over again. I know when it gets quiet, that means somebody's thinking. Somebody you might need to forgive. That person that get on your nerves, you haven't forgiven yet. Don't you know that many diseases and sicknesses are tied to your emotions and the bruising and the sickness of our emotions? Anybody saying too much? I'll tell you the story real quickly of the man that um, Pastor Tony Kipp, Pastor Tony Kipp said the lady had a blinded eye. I told this story many times. She had a blinded eye in one eye and she had cancer in her body. At the age of eight years old, she saw her friend killed in a car accident, and, and she blamed herself. And the reason why she blamed herself is that she walked across the street. At eight years old, she walked across the street. And when she walked across the street, she turned around and told her eight-year-old friend to come. And when the eight-year-old friend walked out on the street, a car ran over her, and she died. Self-guilt ate her up to the point where the eye that she first saw the accident got blind and went it got disease and went blind self guilt began to eat her up and cancer came into her body and it just ate her and just ate her start eating her up it took an hour he said it took an hour and a half to get her to forgive herself now this is how powerful the power of the gospel is and this is how powerful what jesus did for us can help us and help those that you minister to. After an hour and a half of ministering to her about the word and about how he forgives us all of our iniquities, he puts him into the sea to remember no more. How many know that he does that? He does that. He puts him in the sea. And when you get to heaven, he never bring them back up because they're remembered no more. Ain't that, ain't that good news? <laughs> Soon as she forgave herself, her eye popped open cancer died and she's still living today because of what Christ did hallelujah he was bruised for our transgression and all we need to do is get the revelation of it another young man when we went to Saginaw he had he had a uh, uh, he had his father died of of cancer he came in with a, a wheelchair and a, a, um, a, one of those, um, those modern wheelchairs they have now. He sat up in the front, he sat there, and I, I watched him carefully because I was, you know, I was just watching what he was doing because, you know, when I get into the realm of the supernatural, I'm watching. 
I'm like uh, R.J. Shambach. When R.J. Shambach talked about the 28 miracles that he saw, and um, A. Allen told him to close his eyes, he said, I'm not closing my eyes. I want to see this. And so he begins to minister him. The, word, the Lord gave him a word of knowledge and says that, what happened to your father? He said his father died. And when his father died, he said he blamed God. Two weeks after his father died, the sickness came upon him and crippled him. <laughs> He'd been crippled for a number of years. I think it's five years to be exact. Five years he was crippled. Spirit of God, Tony ministered to him, and as he ministered to him, he says, let's forgive. I'm just talking about the power of forgiveness because of what Christ did. He ministered to him and says, you got to forgive yourself, and you got to forgive what you accuse God of doing because God never is doing something against you. See, that's a dark place. When you start thinking that God did this, and God did that, and God is doing this, and calls all this kind that's a lie. The Bible says all good things come from the Father above. Yes or no? The enemy's not the enemy's out there conniving and doing that kind of stuff. And guess what? When we walk under the safety of the word of God, you know how you walk out from under safety when we do stuff that we're not supposed to be doing? We walk under from under the umbrella of the safety of the cross and the safety of God then the enemy has a right to attack you he has a legal right because you walked away from God anybody not saying nothing and I don't know who's this for I don't even know why I'm saying this but maybe somebody is walk away from the safety of God and maybe that's why things are happening <laughs> Anyway, he, he, he tells the guy to forgive him. And right away, the guy sat there for five minutes, and we're calling him. He's calling me. He says, um, what's going on with you? What's going on with you? And he's sitting there in a stare. He stared. You know, he's got one of those wild stares on his face like something's happening. I love those things. I love people that, that comes up and say, God can't do it. And I laugh at myself. Really? <laughs> Like the young man that came in and he says he was in a car accident and I said, you believe God? God gonna love you enough to heal you <laughs> in spite of you. <laughs> Are you listening? You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me because with love and kindness have I won. All of a sudden, he said, I don't feel the pain. He says, get up. He jumps up. He said, walk around a little bit. The guy walks around. And I mean, this guy is in amazement. He's just walking around. All of a sudden, he started running. He got so happy and so joyful. Guess what he did? He came, he ran around the church, came back to his wheelchair, opened his wheelchair. He had all kinds of pills and dumped them all on the ground. And when we went back up there a few weeks ago, guess what? He was sitting in church praising God and he was whole. Are you listening to what I'm saying? What Christ did was to make you free. To get you out of the dark place that many of us are in. And if you recognize the word of God is working mightily, it'll work mightily in your life. He was bruised for our iniquities. Let me finish up. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are what? Healed. How many say I'm healed? 
when he went to the cross three and th for one and a half years from the time of 30 and I'm going to say this it took him 30 years to prepare for the cross from the time of birth to the time this ministry started it took 30 years of preparation and then when he walked in his preparation he walked in the in what God told him to walk in for three and a half years one and a half years his ministry jumped to the high the other three is one and a half years it dropped why his purpose was to die his purpose was to be rejected his purpose was to be ostracized his purpose was to prepare for death his his purpose was to everything that every person in here has experienced in your life rejection hurt pain poverty all that stuff he had to prepare to take it on him because he had the taste of death for every man death every man are you listening to me are you listening to what I'm saying that death had a price it was going to take us to an eternal hell <sighs> you don't see the world is dying and all we do is sit here and we have the word of God inside of our belly. We have the power of God in our being. We have the ability to do something different and we won't do it because we're still in low the bar. And the chariot is waiting outside of the door for you to hop on to take you to the palace so that you could sit at the table of the Lord and consume the word so that you can be whole. So, it's not about position. It's not about I'm an apostle or pastor. It's about saving those that God loves. He loves them like he loved you and you and you when you was in a dark place god chased you god got you god ran after you until he apprehended you and when he apprehended you he changed your life forever they nailed him to a cross they beat him unmercifully to the flesh hung down from his skin till his face got disfigured to the point that he did not even look like a human being. And then they made him carry a cross through the streets of Jerusalem to go to a hill called Golgotha. To be nailed after being beaten and whipped unnoticed unto to being not humanly recognized. They nailed him to a cross. When they nailed him to the cross, they hung him high. And the hot sun. And the two thieves was on each side. And you got to just see the picture of it. One thief says, you know what? We deserve this. Another thief says that I'm concerned about my own life. Can you save us? And the other one says, you know what? This is who I am. See, this is where true repentance come in. It's to actually understand who you are. That's how you begin to see light. Is that you got to understand that you are in darkness you cannot help anybody that act like they know it all 
you got to let it go and say, you know what? 